Hey, it's Moms versus Aunts, your weekly happy hour where we chop it up about trends, gossip, solo mom life, and how to level up in this crazy world. Welcome to Moms versus Aunts. Hi, I don't know about you, Vanessa. I am so excited it's summer, and I'm so excited that we're actually going to see each other for like the first time, and I don't even know how long it's been. I know it's going to be amazing. So this <laughs> this is episode 11, but in episode 12, we are going to be in the same room and maybe maybe episode 13, but definitely episode 12. We're going to be in the same room looking at each other, um, clinking our glasses together, uh, recording this podcast. I cannot wait to see your face. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that it's just summer. We're going to get some pool time in. But what I'm most excited about is that today on Moms vs. Aunts, we have our very first guest, our very first Moms vs. Aunts guest. I'm so excited. Um, she is someone I think I think everyone knows her. And in and, and my opinion, in my personal opinion, I think that she has achieved the ultimate rich auntie status that I aspire to be like everything (laughs) she's done. Um, She's a well-known reality star and she's one of the few that was able to, I think, transition her reality star fame into like an actual like longer lasting career. So um, it's Trishelle. Trishelle from Real World. (laughs) Yay! And I know, Vanessa, you you know, you don't even watch a lot of reality TV anymore, but you even know Trishelle. Well, this is what I was saying when you told me that Trishelle was excited even to come on our podcast. I was like, finally, reality from when I watched reality, because I can't watch it anymore. I got kids. I'm busy. But Trishelle is from the era of reality when I actually watched the real world and road rules and all those challenges. So I actually am excited that I know who this person is and I can like speak intelligently. You don't have to explain who she is to me. So yeah, I'm so excited that she'll be joining us um, on the show today. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's Trishelle. So I've already been following her stories and, you know, she is, she's in New Orleans and she's having a lunch. It looks like a, like a, a liquid lunch (laughs) with her friends, (laughs) um, on the rooftop of a brand new hotel in New Orleans. So, you know, she's going to be joining us definitely for cocktail (laughs) hour. So I think, we got to get our cocktails ready for her when she gets here. (laughs) So what do we got to drink today, Vanessa? Well, I knew that she spends quite a bit of time in New Orleans and um, you love New Orleans. I love New Orleans. We have done uh, girls trips together in New Orleans. And so I was like, well, duh, this was like, this was so easy. I was like, let's just do the most quintessential classic drink that hails from Nola and it is the Sazerac. Duh. Mm. So um, if you've never had a Sazerac, like, I don't know, like what you're doing with your life. Um, I think it's probably a little bit intimidating though. Like, you know, just when you see like a bartender making it, they're doing a whole lot, but, um, but it's not, it's not that hard. 
So a Sazerac is, and it's got all this historical context. I didn't do as much research as I usually do for you with the drinks, but it does go back to like 18, I think 37, maybe 1857. Um, but it's made with rye whiskey, one cube of sugar. Oh, the rye whiskey is one and a half ounces and half an ounce of absinthe, which we'll talk about, three dashes of bitters, and you're gonna want uh, a lemon peel. Okay, so you are familiar with absinthe, also yes. known as the green fairy. Yes. So <laughs> have you ever had real absinthe like overseas? I did order a bottle and I was told it was real, but you know, I never know. See, I never know either. Like, I feel like I went to a bar once where someone had some type of like contraband absinthe or whatever, and I drank some, but I didn't have like the hallucinogenic like yeah. vibes that they say like people have when they drink it. Like this was like an underground bar. Remember the days of New York and the underground bars like Death and Company and um, what was that other one on 7th Avenue? Little Branch and yeah. remember all the really cool, oh man, like I used to- Like the speakeasies, yeah. Yes, I loved that when we when that was kind of the vibe in New York where you go into a place and it looked like it was a meat market in the front but you sneak in the back and it's like a whole little sneaky bar. Yeah. That shit always got me. I love that. And the bartenders were like dressed like drink chefs. I love mm -hmm. it. But anyways, so I had one where he was like a, a, a glass of absinthe where he did the whole thing and set it on fire and all of that. I still never had any sort of hallucinogenic experience. I didn't see anything weird, but that's sort of the history of absinthe does get you really fucked up though. That part is true. So um, the way you want to make a Sazerac is you are going to take a rocks glass and you're going to put it in the freezer and get it really, really nice and cold. So you got to first put your rocks glass in the freezer. Then you're going to take a sugar cube. So you got to find a sugar cube. Um, because <laughs> who has sugar cubes? But get some, get some for this drink. It's fun. Let's just do this the real way, guys. We're not going to half-ass it. So you're going to get a sugar cube and you're going to put that at the bottom of a different glass that's not in the freezer. And you're going to just put like three dashes of bitters on top of the sugar cube. So that's going to dissolve the sugar, right? The, the bitters. And then you're going to add the whiskey into that. You're going to okay. just kind of give that a little swirl. All right. Once the other glass is nice and chilled, really cold and frozen, you take that out of the freezer. You take about a half an ounce of the absinthe and you're going to do what's called an absinthe rinse. So you take the absinthe and you just swirl it around in the glass and discard whatever's left over. It's just a rinse. So you only okay. need a half an ounce. You just want it to coat the inside the of, the of the glass, glass. Okay. the sides of the glass, got it. So then you just kind of, you know, just toss out whatever you, whatever's left over. And then you'll pour the, um, the sugar, whiskey, uh, bitters concoction into the glass that has now been rinsed with the absinthe. You'll take the lemon peel, just kind of give it a little twist so that you release some of those nice lemony oils, rub that around the rim of the glass and drop it in the glass. Boom. That's a Sazerac. That's very fancy. I like, I like the very preparation fancy. for that. It feels right? very sexy. Yeah. 
so sexy. It's like all of the things. Also, New Orleans is sexy. There's something like I've been on girls trips, but there's something about it that makes me want to like go with someone I'm really into. It's always like, it, you know, it's all hot and sweaty and the drinks are good and the food is good and you just fall into places with good music. And it just kind of feels like just the right environment for like a a romance weekend. But that's it's- just me. It's my spirit city. <laughs> it's definitely my spirit city. Like I want to be there all the time. And I mm-hmm. like, I mean, before, you know, before lockdown, I felt like I was going at least once to twice a year. And because mm-hmm. I just, you know, but now it's just like, it's been so long. So this drink, maybe if I have some of this drink, I didn't make this drink. <laughs> I'm still going to drink my tequila. I don't even have my normal Reposado tequila. I, I only have the Blanco tequila. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But either mm-hmm. way, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers cheers. to New Orleans, to New Orleans. Yeah. And so, okay, so we got New Orleans and we get our we're going to get our new New Orleans girl in here. I mean, okay, so Trishelle is someone I actually I just became IG friends with her this year. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I've known her forever because she's been on our screens for like, I mean, it's almost two decades. I feel like that she's been on our screens. She was in real world she was on the challenge she was on surreal life she was on fear Mm -hmm. factor she was on Mm -hmm. punked and now you know apparently she's also playing poker which you know if we can figure out how to be like badass bitches who know how to play poker that would just add (laughs) to our whole facade so not facade but our actual personalities um (laughs) but yeah so looking forward we're gonna get into some reality tea and mention it all trishelle canatella Okay, so it's officially Ladies Who Lunch. We have Trishelle Canatella here for our happy hour, our Moms versus Aunts happy hour. We're so excited. Welcome, Trishelle. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. You are our very, very first guest. We This is our, what, 11th episode? And you get to be our very first guest, so we're so excited. I feel very honored. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I follow Talk of the Shame. Like, it's amazing. Now, before, like, we really, okay, we obviously want to get into it because, you know, like we talked about, I mean, you, for me, you are like the ideal rich auntie that I want to be like you travel the world like I saw you on your stories today you're like it because you live in New Orleans now right that's where you live permanently yeah I live I live in New Orleans yeah and so we we have a we have a beach house in uh in debt in Florida that we bought and and so we we like rent it out for short-term rentals but we don't get there as much as we like so I was Back there for a week. I'm actually back in New Orleans, even though I posted that I was there. Okay. Um, we were there for a week. Y'all, can I just <laughs> tell you about the story or no? Yes, yes, yes of, of course, of course. <laughs> so I was there talking about aunties and moms. We were there with two of our couple friends, and they, between the two of them, had four boys under the age of five. Oh, no. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was Mm-mm. six six months, two years old, three years old, four years old boys. Mm-mm. That's, That's too crazy. much. Mm-mm. That's too much. Mm-mm. That's a lot. That's wait, a lot. So so we talked about this on a previous episode. Was it meant to be like all the kids were supposed to be there, or was it meant to be like the couples were all hanging out? No, 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 no. I actually invited. I invited all of them. No, and I wanted the kids to come as well. Hmm. Because I don't know if we're digging too deep yet. Okay, okay. We'll hold off and then we'll dig back in. Is that what you like to do? We need a couple more drinks. (laughs) Well, because there's a whole thing like talking about moms and aunts that I would like to say about this whole I mean, whenever you're ready, because I I feel a kind of way about trips and like, I love my babies, but... it's just a there's a different kind of trip when you're trying to hang out with your friends and then the trip when you bring your children. Okay, so, Vanessa, how old are your kids? Um, two and seven. Okay, like all right, that's that's good. At least a seven year old okay, are they both boys? Boy and They're girl? both boys. Uh-huh. Christian okay. is seven, Sebastian is two, Sebastian is like a maniac, but like so cute. So, so do you feel like Christian is more like annoyed with Sebastian or does he like kind of take over as like the older brother? Um, Christian like legit thinks that we are co-parenting. Like he <laughs> is like I he is incredible. Like he will like walk out of the room and be like, uh, mommy, I'm going over here. Uh, keep an eye on the baby. And I'm like, I, oh. I don't like I don't work for you. Um you're yeah. just a kid, but he, I'm a solo mom. So I think like big brother has taken on like a whole nother role, but That's so good. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I wanted this trip for two reasons. <laughs> Number one, I love my friends and like, uh, I do like love their kids. Obviously they're my best friends and I want to see their kids, but my husband, y'all wants babies more than anything in the entire world. Mm. He wants kids. He, But I have mm-hmm. been on the fence. And even mm-hmm. sometimes just to get him off my back, I've just been like, no, I don't want them at all. <laughs> now, to be honest, I'm in between the two of you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But just so that he doesn't question me so much, I'm just like, no, I, I don't want them at all. Mm-hmm. So I okay. thought that... I thought that going on this trip with all these kids would deter him from wanting children. (laughs) (laughs) And it did not? (laughs) No! He loved the chaos. Oh, my God. (laughs) Y'all, okay, he loved the chaos. Oh, no. And actually, I know. The plan just failed. And the kids were actually really cute. Did they scream and get into throw fits for no apparent reason? Yes. I <laughs> honestly didn't know that about like, you know, Vanessa, you have a two-year-old. Why? All of a sudden, everything's calm. Everything's cool. They have what they want. They have their little juice thing that they're drinking out of, whatever. All of a sudden, screaming in your face. Mm-hmm. Just screaming. Mm-hmm. No reason. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. happened. Nothing mm-hmm. in the environment has changed. Yeah. Just screaming. Yeah. And you're like, do you yeah. want that? Do you want that? Do you want that? Yeah. 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 And new moms are like, it's so hard Like when you have your first kid because you're literally like, they can't communicate yet. So you're like, yeah. what the fuck? 
fuck? Are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you... Just fucking tell me. Just fucking tell me. I'll go get whatever you need. Just fucking. And then you're like, they don't know how to talk. So you like are just waiting until like they're like two and a half, three, because then they can communicate and like advocate for themselves. Yeah. Like that's a turning point. But yeah, for a while, you're just like, what? in the entire fuck just happened here. Well, thankfully, the two moms I was on a trip with have it down, man. They were like, really, <laughs> they knew what their kids wanted. So like um, the one, one of them was crying because he wanted a straw. And I didn't know that because I'm like, why is he crying? And I'm looking at her like, what's going on? And she was just like, oh, he wants a straw. And they were like, oh, we don't have any straws in this house. And I was like, wait, I actually brought, randomly brought straws in my bag. So then I became like cool Cause you're the good, yeah, you're the good auntie. Yes, you would have straws. Grabbed a straw, there you go, stop crying. I'm I the love savior. It. I, you yeah. are. That's what aunties are there for. You there to save the day. <laughs> and like, and that's honestly why, like, so Christian and I, the seven-year-old, we have the best relationship because like he thinks I'm the greatest thing. I'm like his best friend, but not his mom. And I yeah. love him because he can run errands for me if I need a, a <laughs> new beer or I need some ice in my cup. Like it's a great relationship. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I always thought like whenever kids are old enough, it would be cool if you're just like, oh, I, I want my hair played with or I want a massage. Do they do that? <laughs> totally. They so do. Oh, my God. My step, my stepson, when he was about seven or eight, he just like comes up behind me. He's like rubbing my shoulder. And then he peeks his that. head around and goes, how's the pressure? I was like, what? <laughs> What? That Sir? sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, they're, um, yeah. Plus, I love having boys. I mean, girls are so cute, but I love having boys. Yeah, I think, it, actually, I think it would have been harder if there were a lot of girls in the mix. But, like, the boys were fine. Like, the baby, he sleeps a lot. He slept a lot. And then the other ones, like, the older one, he was four. So he kind of, whenever we left to go to the beach, his mom would be like, okay, you're going to be the big boy in the house. So, you know, you have to be, you know, she tried to, it's like reverse psychology. Like you have to be, you know, show everyone that you're the big boy. And he was uh -huh. like, okay, mom, I will. Like, got it. Like, got <laughs> it. Here's my question. It. I have a question. <laughs> Why do you have straws in your purse? <laughs> <laughs> Lip gloss, girl. Like I was just like... We like to drink sometimes our drinks out of straws, like because of lip gloss, if we were going to like be doing pictures. But then again, all the things that I brought to the beach, like we didn't use half of it because like you think that you're going to look cute on the beach. Ain't possible. Not yeah. possible. Lip gloss. That makes so yeah. much sense. So I keep Not using straws. it now. No, I keep straws in my purse too, but I keep straws in my purse because I have the metal ones. So if I oh. go to a place where they try to give me those trash ass like mm. paper ones that yeah. suck, then I have a metal one in my purse, but oh, a lip gloss. Okay. Oh, these okay. were paper. These are paper. And guess what? They put their mouth on it for two seconds and it's done. Yeah, it's <laughs> have done. have to throw yeah, it away. Got <laughs> it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I love that your plan sort of backfired, but you know what? Like, and I get like your hesitation. Cause again, like I, again, you have achieved this like auntie level status of like traveling the world, having these like yeah. amazing, like all of these things. And so giving that up, look, I love Vanessa's kids and I will die for them, but um, I think I can only take care of cats for the rest of my life in my own home. So it's a hard decision. Yeah. I get that. Um, but like, you know, you have done so much. I mean, I would say 
two, almost two decades you've been on our screens and you to me are like one of those reality stars that really was able to transition from reality star and take it to this whole other career. I mean, you were on a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, not a lot of reality right. stars today could ever Forget say that. that. Yeah. Um, now, before we get into reality, I do you want to get into some reality you need to settle something because there's something that went viral recently and you might be the only person who can answer it. So you were on Fear Factor and recently there was a viral thing that was going around about how Joe Rogan is literally five foot three. And we need to know, <laughs> is Joe Rogan literally five foot three? <laughs> I, okay, I saw that and it was like, I want to say it was like trending on Twitter and I was just like five foot three, that's so short. Um, I don't think that he was. I think he's more like five seven because I stood by him and he didn't look, when I was standing face to face with him, he didn't look that much shorter than I did. But also Joe Rogan is such a strong personality. I was terrified of him. So he could have looked you know, nine foot tall to me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, wait, how tall are you? I'm uh, I'm five eight. Okay, all right. So if he's yeah. not much shorter, I've 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 heard from some people saying like, no, I think he's like more five seven. So okay, I think that he's settles like it. Five. He's not literally five foot three. No, okay. I don't. I really don't <laughs> think so. Oh, also, y'all, on I don't know if you saw my uh, our Fear Factor season that we did, but it was like with a bunch of reality TV people, right? So it was like this couple from The Amazing Race, and then. Uh, let's see, Johnny from uh, Survivor, who used to be one of my good friends, the one who lied about his grandma dying. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that one. So um, <laughs> anyway, they got into a fight. One of the girls from Amazing Race got into a fight with him. She punched him in the stomach. Then her husband got in a fight with Joe Rogan. We had like the craziest <laughs> episode. No. Oh, no, they my started God. wrestling and the Miz, my partner, had to break physically break them up. Y'all have to Google this. It is insane. Oh the, my I'm Googling. Google yeah. the Miz. The Miz breaking up Joe Rogan fight fear factor. It should show up, I'm sure. But like it was kind of crazy. And so Joe Rogan. I mean, if he was 5'3", he got in there with The Miz, who's a professional wrestler, and, like, another dude who looks strong. I don't know. That's another thing. I mean, I had totally forgotten that you had dated The Miz. And, like, that's another, that was another reality star that it's, like, I remember him showing up as this scrawny white guy on, was it Real World or Road Rules? And Real he was saying, Real World. And he always wanted to be a wrestler. And I remember kind of making fun of like, okay, you want to be a wrestler. And then he became an actual WWE wrestler. <laughs> like, were you with him while he was in his WWE fame? Okay, no. <laughs> and y'all, I was this, the terrible ex-girlfriend that was they called me, his friends used to joke who are my mutual friends that I was the dream killer because whenever he used to say that he wanted to like be, you know, do wrestling, I was just like, oh my God, how stupid. Why don't you just go into finance, be like an accountant or something? I was like, I don't, why do you want to be a wrestler? How dumb. And so he ended up being so famous. So they were all like, Trishel, you tried to kill his dream, but he did it anyway. But he, but he did it anyway. In spite, anyway. in spite of you. Well, oh, 
And now he's married to this like really hot ass girl, and like you know he he did he did well, and I did well for myself. So look, but you weren't doing anything that we weren't doing. We were all like, okay, Mike, you're gonna be a like we everybody was saying that nobody thought he was gonna become the Miz with like figurines. I mean, I, I it's just I it still blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my mind. Are you kidding me? Wait, is he still is he still a wrestler like now even today? Uh, yeah, like he has like some uh, championship title, and I know this because my my great okay. So whenever y'all talk about auntie, yes, I'm an auntie, but I also have great nephews and nieces, three, because oh, wow. my niece had three children. Oh wow! Wow! Okay. 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 Welcome you're to like, Louisiana, but no, also you're like, she's like, she, she just, she, I just want you to know, Kiki, that she just trumped like auntie status. Like, oh yeah, that's like, yeah, super, great super auntie. auntie. Yes, yeah. yes, she's a great so, auntie. My great nephew loves The Miz and he's just like, he's amazing. And I'm like, he's all right. Like, I don't even go into detail about why I'm just like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> we talk a lot about boyfriends and ex-boyfriends yeah. and like leveling up and all that kind of stuff. Girl, you good. You good. You good. <laughs> yeah. It's all fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You don't have to go to WWE. Is that yeah. WWE. Yeah. <laughs> But I do, I do appreciate, like, I'm glad that, you know, he did that career. And honestly, whenever we did Fear Factor, Miz and I were broken up. So we weren't even talking that much. However, he, I will say something great about him that a lot of things I could say great about him. But one of the good things about him is that he is a very good motivational person. Mm. So like whenever, whenever I thought that I couldn't do something, he was like, you get in there and you do it and you're going to win. <laughs> and so I could see the wrestling come out of him and you do it. Okay. You're going to be missed. And so I was like, okay, like I got this. Like, how do you say no to that? I love that. Oh my God. We were were actually reading through your bio. And one thing that we thought was like, oh, first of all, let me ask you, you won that season of Fear Factor, right? We did. Or that episode. How much did you win? Uh, We won 90 grand each. Each? That's great prize money. Holy shit. That was a lot. Oh my God. Well, we have. You and Vanessa have something in common. Vanessa also won a reality show competition. So we have two <gasps> reality shows. That nobody saw, Trishelle. <laughs> Maybe so I did. Tell me. It's totally okay. Um, nobody has ever seen this, but I was on a show called Rocco's Dinner Party because in real life, I'm a chef. And it was on Bravo. Rocco had one season. I love me some Rocco Despirito, but he always has like one season and then they always cancel him. But someone else (laughs) gives him a show and then that show has a season and then it gets canceled. But he's had like multiple like one season shows. So this was a one season show called Rocco's Dinner Party. And it came out in like 2011. Um, and I won $20,000 because I won That's my, amazing. I won my episode. Hey. <laughs> and you know what, Vanessa, you probably just did it for fun because you love cooking and that was like your thing. And I you got did. to meet Rocco. I did. I did. That's and, so and cool. I've run into him like several times in the last 10 years since that show aired. And he's always so nice. Like he's always so nice. And he always remembers me and he always asks me are you still cooking? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm still cooking. And to him, he's just like, I've run into so many chefs over the years that like, 
aren't cooking anymore. And it's just so great to know that you're still like, like doing it and doing it successfully. So he's really nice. He's really nice. But yeah, I won 20, 20 grand, 90 grand would have been way better. Yeah. (laughs) But that's amazing. But you did something that's awesome. See, I was doing things that were terrible, like spiders on my face and like with an alligator. And like, if I could cook, (laughs) I would take, you know, a 10th of that. But, but listen, I want to tell you as far as chef and cooking goes, I live in New Orleans. Y'all know that. To me, whenever I meet chefs, to me, they're celebrities. I, I love cooking. And I always, like, I try to take pictures. Like, Alain Shia is from, uh, well, he's not from New Orleans, but, like, he has, like, two restaurants here. And I saw him one time in Memphis. And shamelessly, I was like, hey, can you get a selfie with <laughs> Can we get a selfie? <laughs> I did. I asked him for a selfie, and I saw that picture. And I'm like... Sorry, not sorry. You're famous to me. Speaking of perceptions, one thing that we came across in in your bio that we thought was really interesting was how you were saying how when you were being casted for Real World, a lot of the producers were sort of trying to cast you as like this homophobic, racist, Southern person. Very much so. Even like, I don't know, like I remember watching you and I remember loving you. I don't remember ever thinking those things, which is why when I rewatched you on the new Challenge All-Stars, Um, I love that you had that moment with Anissa where you like, you know, were just apologizing for that moment. But even in that moment, I don't remember thinking those things about you. But I'm just curious, you know, it's interesting that producers were specifically looking for that type of person to create chaos. And like now when you look at reality shows today, like, do you think that they would even do something like that knowing where we are? Very well, kind. Yes, I I do. Okay, first off, I very much agree with that. I think that I was cast because they thought that I was going to be your stereotypical uh, white Southern girl Mm -hmm. who was racist and who didn't, you know, and who was homophobic, didn't like, no. But during my casting, there was a very handsome, that's, this is where they made a mistake. They had a very (laughs) handsome black man in casting (laughs) who was interviewing me. So I was just looking at him like, he's so hot, right? And so also I told him, I said, you're the black, the first black man I've ever been really attracted to. And he was just, why do you think that is? And I'm like, well, because I haven't met many black people. I'm from a place that, you know, is very Southern, you know, cut off Louisiana, the bayou. I just didn't have that many people. Okay, Bubby. Um, sorry, he's just like a bit much. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just hadn't had that experience. Right. And mm-hmm. so it was just like lack of knowledge. And it wasn't just like deciding to dislike a certain type of person, gay, uh, black, whatever. And so, um, I just didn't know. So whenever I, my very first dinner, first night that I met my roommates, we had Alton, Irulan and Arissa on our cast that were black. And then we all go around the table and we're talking about like ourselves. And then um, I forget how it was brought up, but I said, I said, I just never met a black person really. I mean, I I had a few black friends but I never really had black (laughs) friends before. And like that could have went disastrous. I wasn't, (laughs) but I think that my my roommates knew that I was <laughs> 21 years old coming from a place that I'd never been west of Texas, which is true. And mm-hmm. like, I didn't really know much. And they were just mm-hmm. like uncomfortable for a second. And I think it was Irulan that was just like, well, now you have three. 
Now you have three Aww. black friends. That's and such so, a good like, response. Which, oh God, yes, I know. And so there was just never an issue. In the, in the almost six months of filming, there was just never an issue. I was constantly learning about, you know, my roommates and my friends and like everyone. And they, they just became like my sisters and brothers, basically, just like everyone else. So uh-huh. I was lucky that I had the people in my house that I had mm-hmm. because they could have mm-hmm. just been like this bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. in 2002, I think back in that day, people weren't comfortable enough being like, well, this girl's privileged. She doesn't, she doesn't know any better. She's, she's lived this privileged life. That wasn't mm-hmm. uh, like a word back then, right? Mm-hmm. Now we know, and now I think it's a little bit more spoken and that if you just still choose to be that way, then mm-hmm. something's wrong with you. I think it's already out there. Like parents should be teaching their children about mm-hmm. different families and everything like that and different people. Um, so yeah, I think, think that I was just lucky with who I was in the house with that they taught me a lot. Well, you're mm. lucky what you have that cast. And then I think you're also lucky that you had the producer that you had, because I would think that the producers might have also now been trying to like get to the other cast members. Like, well, did you hear when Trishel said, well, didn't you think when she said, and like mm. getting in their oh, they ear. No, oh, they they st- and they still the cast members were like blowing them off. They were like, whatever they knew my heart like they, oh, that's they amazing. knew no they knew that I was like not that I was not racist I was very uh curious I, I was yeah. curious to to get to know everyone and and they could tell that I wasn't like oh I've already met like people like this and I don't like them or I, I've already met a gay person I don't like it. whatever and we didn't have a gay person or a cast but like they they knew where my heart was mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. never was a thing because it wasn't a thing Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. like so cool I mean I remember yeah. like this was the cast that we would talk we would have long talks about when we watch real world after every yeah. episode Vanessa and I I felt like we talked about it a lot it was a like one of the <laughs> sexiest casts right it was Vegas which we loved everyone was gorgeous and everyone oh was God. like gorgeous I just feel like we're around <laughs> so many gorgeous people and I just feel everyone. like we went around gorgeous people like you were on punk which had Ashton Kutcher. You were on, obviously, The Challenge, TJ Lavin. Two people that I think are super sexy. Are they as sexy in real life as I see them on TV? Oh, TJ is very hot. He really, he's very good looking. Very, very good looking. Although I have to say, I'm not loving his hair on um, (laughs) the reboot of The Challenge. Like, he's got it, like, slicked all the way back, like, from the front. And I don't know why he's doing that. Why is he doing that? I'm like, you're so hot. You don't have to do that. I think that he thinks that's, like, a throwback or something. I don't know. Like, but, like, yeah, no, he's... He looks like Pat Riley. I don't Ah. like it. (laughs) He's so good looking in person. But yo, Ashton's, Ashton was very hot. I had like the biggest crush on Ashton Kutcher. And then whenever I got punked, I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. (laughs) Was he single then? Did you go on a date? Uh, Are you asking me this question? (laughs) (laughs) Hey. exactly call it a date. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love this because like someone I saw a meme today that was like my goal is to sleep with somebody that requires an NDA. Like you didn't need an NDA cuz you were already famous, but I'm like that is my level of like I want to sleep I never with signed an NDA. <laughs> period. <laughs> period. And honestly, I never would have. If I I would be like, "Do you want to sign an NDA to get in this vagina?" Like what's your problem? Exactly. Like you were on your shit like that. You were at the top. 
Yeah, he needed to sign yeah. the NDA. Like, um, sorry, you might wait. be doing pongs, but yeah. So now <laughs> I, I need to know, like, what is his size? Like, is it, is he, is he packing? Oh my God. I love this well, messy look, show. You know, he's, he's married. So like, obviously he's made, Oh, he's been married twice, actually, right? So he's mm-hmm. obviously made two people happy. So good for him. <laughs> that is an answer. That's an answer. That's an answer. I and love che- it. And cheers to cheers that. Cheers to that. Cheers to cheers having to an that. answer. Because I love it. I know that our listeners, we all heard it. And it was just the classiest answer. I love this messy interview so much. So much. So if you're not doing reality TV, like, so do you do professional poker? I read that you were, you're a poker player. So is that what you do to like in your off season? Or do you do that all the time? Or do you do it when you want? Mm. So I I was playing poker. Uh, God, I was doing it. I was doing really well when I was in Los Angeles playing poker. Um, but then Black Friday happened, which is something that happened a long time ago. And it was like they call it Black Friday in the poker world because it was like when everything shut down. Right. And normally, like, that's like a good thing. It's like when all the deals are happening, like on some sites. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's like when everything was like banned from online poker was like done in the United States. And I lost my poker sponsorship deal, which I had had. And oh, um, it was just like everything was shut down. And so it was like dark. So like you had to freaking uh, all of our money online that we had made in poker, like on different sites and everything was completely frozen. It was seized by the government. So people had millions of dollars. I didn't have millions of dollars, but I had some money. People I had, had like $13. Of- <laughs> I love that you even know. I love that you have some. People had millions of dollars in accounts that could not get them back. Like they couldn't get their money back because it was seized by the government because they were deemed it all illegal. So get sh- out. No, seriously. But um, I could still play live tournaments and I was starting to do that again, but then COVID happened. And so now it's like, it. however, I, uh, the World Series of Poker, instead of uh, normally it happens during the summer, it starts in like uh, June and then goes into August. Now it's going to be starting like in August and going into November. So I'm going to um, go to Vegas <clears throat> and play some of those events. Oh, oh well then so we're meeting funny. you in this Vegas. Fuck that. We are coming. Yes. Come to Vegas. Come yes. to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Trishelle, you are now the fourth pretty girl that I know who like low key is very good at poker. Like oh, who else do you know? I love that. Oh, well, just like good friends of ours yeah. who like play. I mean, and I've been to Vegas with, I've been to Atlantic City with. Kiki and I um, have been known to frequent um, the casinos. <laughs> we love absolutely the love. We like, we just love the whole vibe of gambling. And, and I learned like, poker during quarantine and I haven't really played much. So I'm like, <gasps> I want to like start playing again. I want to be like one of those badass chicks. Who plays poker? Yes. Like, it's just so cool. Kiki, how did you learn? What did you do to learn? Like they just had like the house I was quarantined in. It was five of us, and they had a poker set, and so we would just play poker. Every, there was nothing else to do, so we played poker every night. That's um, amazing. And we would play not for much money, but enough that it kept us motivated to to, to want to win. But okay, you talked about LA. Also, before we get to this, I want to ask about. You said you dated a lot of people. 
Okay. Yeah. So now I have to ask about CT. Did you ever get to date CT? Because no, I just think he's not. No. Okay. Because he is. Well, like, I was uh-huh. friend. I was friends with DM too. Oh, so. okay. So that would have been weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you said you lived in LA. So I know there was a lot. Cause when you said black Friday, I was actually went to like, when there was like a whole shutdown of underground poker tournaments. Um, yeah. and I was just curious, like, I know that's like a big thing in LA. Have you been sitting, like, have you, you don't have to admit anything, but like, if you had ever been to an underground poker tournament, I have. who would, who would have been in the room with you? Okay. So you have like, would you? Mark Wahlberg. <gasps> Ooh. And is he okay? Yes. Is he as hot? In, I mean, I know he's hot in person. So he's, hot. he's problematic, like, but hot. Beyond. Beyond. Oh, like, so hot. Like so, okay, beyond. can we just say Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch was the first concert I ever went to <laughs> when I was in middle school. Really? I was in middle school. <laughs> That's way cooler than mine. I begged yes. my mama that I could go to like a new kids on the block or something. She said no. But my first concert was like, I was like 16 and it was candle box. So my dad was like, (laughs) my dad was like smoking pot with the people behind us. And I was like, what's happening? Like, oh my God. It was just like the weirdest like time of my life. (laughs) Ooh, Mark Wahlberg. Mm, mm, mm. I wanted to ask Kiki. Yes. I want to know what made you start this wonderful Instagram, this hilarious, like, where do you get this from? Mm. It was a great, this is a great question. Yeah. I mean, it was an accident. Like it was quarantine, right? Like, um, I was doing nothing and I started doing TikTok and ended up going viral on TikTok. And I really hadn't, I mean, I didn't use Instagram for anything other than to just like stare stupid pictures of like whatever yeah um but i was like viral on tiktok for all of these like i was spilling tea i guess because you're hilarious you're amazing (laughs) and so i just like i I just brought it over to instagram just because i realized i was like um i you know there's a following there too and like they're not even getting to share all the things i'm sharing on tiktok so it was really just that i just like um, and I'm a Bravo girl and obviously I wanted to, to mention it all. And I've always been a gossip girl. I mean, look, I mean, my for I like, I, my magazines that would show up to my house would be like Bop, Teen Beat, Tiger <laughs> Beat. Like when I was a kid, I was already like, who, who can I gossip about? And then it just went on from there. YM. Then it's Me like too. people. YM. Then it's Us Weekly. And then YM. <laughs> YM. But Kiki is a pop culture encyclopedia trishelle like so she is a encyclopedia she knows everything that has ever happened in pop culture from like the 80s 90s and beyond it's insane she remembers everything okay so kiki i have to say this too i think that it's smart because um okay tiktok yeah like I, I like to scroll through TikTok, but like I'm 41. Like I, I know I'm not like super old, whatever, but I'm not like good with TikTok. I'm really not. I'm not going to like post a lot of videos. However, I love you and like Bravo and cocktails. Like these are like my places that I like to go that I'm just like, oh, it makes me feel very, uh, calms my anxiety because I get to see all these <laughs> hilarious things. And I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. I'm just like... <laughs> 
it makes me feel good. I love it so oh, much. Oh, I love that. No, seriously. I love that, like, I'm, like, all of these hours I'm spending is, like, actually helping people. It, like, you know, I'm, like, sometimes I'm, like, am I just doing this for myself? Because I enjoy it. No. But <laughs> you're not. You're not. I absolutely love, love, love it. I think it's incredible. And I think it's smart. Like, I always wonder that. I'm just, like, I think all of these things. And, like, how is someone else saying, like, all these things that I'm internalizing and I'm just, like, it's better for me to just, like watch you do it and I'm like yeah that's funny it's okay very well Trisha I feel like we have to like do a part two because a like yes. there's so many things that you need so to many. spill even we more we haven't even talked we... about Bravo I hate this <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Trisha you're fucking so fucking dope I love you so much I already loved you love from afar on IG this, and now I love you. I feel like we're besties now, whether you want it or not. You guys, this was so fun. This was great. I love the back and forth. I just want to tell you, I think this was amazing. Y'all have something going. I had so much fun. Thank you, Trishelle. Thank, Thank you so, so, so we will much. see you again. Okay. Kiki, that anti-life, that anti-life lives. Yes, anti-life. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Love you, girls. Okay, now that we know that clearly we need to figure out how to get to Vegas and become professional poker players so we can make like $30,000 in like one tournament, um, Vanessa, like help us. What is our hustle? So I knew Trisha was coming on and I knew that she had competed in a couple poker tournaments. So I went online and did a little bit of research. Now, what is so funny is that she said the most she's ever won in a tournament was $30,000 and she like poo-pooed on that. She was like, ah, just a little something, which BT dubs, $30,000 would be like amazing if I won $30,000 real quick. But, it was more um, than your reality TV show winnings. Hello, I won $20,000 on my reality yeah. show winnings. But um, so, you know, just really quickly, you and I love the casino. Um, so this week's hustle is all about the casino. Clearly, I will say this as a disclaimer, this is not like a real hustle. Guys, this is not something that you should look at as a way to make money. It is gambling. It is 1000% not set up for you to succeed. But I did wanna talk a little bit about gambling, people who have made money in gambling, and just a few little tidbits. So this will be quick. Um, when you walk into the casino, you will first notice the slot machines, which our, oh, they're meant to like, you know, um, engage you with lights and sounds and all of that. Please know off the top that slot machines inherently are how the house, house AKA casino makes money. I don't care if it's the Wheel of Fortune one oh, so that you fun, love. <laughs> the slot machine is not how you're gonna make any money. Avoid the slot machines. Um, the best way to make money is actually card counting, which is kind of crazy. Card counting is- Isn't that illegal um, though? 
It, it's actually not illegal. It is frowned upon. Oh. So card card counting is um, in the game of blackjack. You can kind of figure out what's going on there. There's tons of books online, offline that you can learn. It's a skill that you can learn. But when you go into a casino, you don't want to go really, really hard with like the card counting because as they figure out that you're card counting, the casino will and has the right to ask you to leave so i think that happened to ben um, affleck in real life yeah i think so oh wow um yeah so like card counting is like a real thing it's it's not illegal it is frowned upon um but i did want to talk a little bit about sports betting so when we were talking to trichelle she was saying how like her money got frozen um when she was you know sponsored with an online I, she would not let up who her online poker sponsorship was with so i have to like google it but she was saying that like the uh, the courts came down and froze all of the money that she had made and she never did get access back to it but several years ago there was like a landmark um supreme court case that determined that sports betting was legal um which is why we were having that discussion about how poker should be deemed a sport because it's not just the luck of the draw there is strategy and a little bit of knowledge behind it which i totally agreed with her on that so sports betting became legal just i think it's like maybe four or five years ago um there is a movie on showtime called action i don't know if you watched it it's a four-part documentary series i loved it oh my god i watched the whole thing i absolutely loved it the way they uh showtime described it was a four-part docu-series that explores the legalization of sports uh, gambling and its evolving impact on the gambling community as the industry navigates a landmark Supreme Court ruling that lifted the ban on sports betting. It chronicles the lives of professional gamblers, bookies, and odds makers throughout the 2018 NFL season. So it came out in like 2019. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You should watch it. Um, there's a one of the um, people that they follow is like this woman. She's super dope. Um, yeah. But like, it's still like sports betting, right? So I got yeah. like curious. I went online. There were so many conflicting websites that tried to tell you like who the top 10 or the top five or the top 20 like, you know, gamblers are or whatever. I kind of just like looked across all of the different ones and picked out what I sort of found. So all of them pretty much said the same for the number one. So all of them said Billy Walters was like the number one. Billy Walters is a, is is this like older guy. He, um, he, he's like, just like an all around gambler. This guy, this guy spent tons of money, not just in Vegas, but also in real estate, in the financial markets, like the stock market. He, anything that you could bet money on, he bet money on, like for like 40 years. So over the course of 40 years, this guy made $300 million. Wow. So he, on pretty much every single list, he's pretty much number one. So between the stock market, sports gambling, real estate, everything, he made a ton of money. However, 
this mofo <laughs> decided at some point he was going to uh, do some stock trading where he got some insider information. And in the end, it didn't end up really winning for him because uh, he was found guilty of insider trading. He was fined $10 million and he was sentenced to five years in prison and he is due out next year. The man is like 75 years old and he's in jail. So that didn't work out well for him. Sounds like um, a, he can get a movie deal though. Guy. Sounds like he's had an interesting life. He'll probably get a movie, sign his oh, rights. That would totally be, a, yeah, that would totally be a movie deal. There was another guy named Parley Pats who was 18, who made about a million dollars over the course of two months um, doing these like parlay bets. And, but then he got crazy because he was betting on like college sports, like basketball and football and stuff. And then like when people would lose the games, he would get all fucking irritated and start like sending people death threats and like berating them and like threatening them on social media. So that didn't work out for him. So he's, also out the game. Um, tons of famous people who were well-known gamblers. Michael Jordan was a well-known gambler. Um, Ashton Kutcher, like what's the likelihood? We were literally just talking about Ashton Kutcher, which by the way, that was like, I'm like, oh my God. Um, I loved that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, Ashton Kutcher is a very well-known gambler. Um, he likes to say that he uses like math and science behind his strategies. He's also taken it to a whole nother level and invested in like online gaming. So he's a huge investor in a company called Unicorn. So he's like doing it on a whole nother level. Like, so he's like invested in online sports gambling. Um, and then I don't know if you watch Jeopardy, you know, my mom yeah, loves Jeopardy. I, and I also yeah. like, I feel like, I feel like growing up in black households, like it's just um, on yeah. the Jeopardy, Wheel of, yeah. Wheel of, yeah, Jeopardy, seven, Wheel yeah. of Fortune, seven to eight o'clock. Like that's, there's, it, I don't know a black house where Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune between seven and eight is not happening. Yeah. Um, so there was a guy named James Holzauer who was already a successful, like his job, like when they, when, when Alex Trebek introduced him, it was like James Holzauer, like um, professional gambler in Vegas. So the guy had already won like a couple million dollars being a professional gambler in Vegas. He goes on Jeopardy. He has a 32 game winning streak and won two and a half million dollars on Jeopardy. So he's also like a pretty famous guy. He used a lot of the same strategies that he used in Vegas to win on Jeopardy. So whatever. But all of this to say that like gambling is not a real hustle that I am promoting for you guys. But I just thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about um, since we did have Trishelle on the show. And she's like low-key a good poker player. So, um, but yeah, anything over $5,000, guys, you're getting taxed 24%. They're giving you wage earnings. Um, this is considered other income. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to win any money. So it's not a real hustle, but it is just interesting to talk about. Um, anyway, so... That, that's the hustle of the week. I love it. And it's just, yeah, all I know is between this episode, I am starving. I have not eaten. And all we talked about was New Orleans, where my favorite food is. So I am starving. I want to drive. And I want to get in my car and drive immediately to Vegas. And I, look, start at a slot machine. Even though you told me not to, I just want to pull one of those 
levers and just feel it and go to a buffet. That's what I want to do right now after this episode. That was That's all I want. It's like, yeah. uh, and we've been drinking and like we, all of the, this is why I'm making bad decisions <laughs> because we decided to just drink all for, you know, uh, two hours and then talk about gambling and food. So um, size, which was amazing. I love it. Yes. Yes. All right. We'll be right back with the cool down. Oh my God. So I know that we, well, not we, really it was just me. I wanted you to um, to use this week's cool down for the Shade Awards. That was my request last week. Um, but yeah, we're not gonna be able to do that this week. It's still gonna happen though, you promised. So it's still gonna happen. Um, but anyways, I don't really care because I always love the cool down. What do you have for us this week, Kiki? Well, this one I really love because I, of course, you as a chef always want your opinion on these sorts of things. So I guess uh, the other day it was National Mac and Cheese Day, which didn't realize because I totally would have been eating mac and cheese all that day. Um, And Van Leeuwen, you know, ice cream that, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. loves Van Leeuwen, celebrated Mac and Cheese Day by announcing their limited edition Kraft Macaroni and Cheese flavor mm-hmm. um so it was available at van Leeuwen locations and on the website for 12 dollars a pint um and Mm-mm. obviously people were like this is crazy Mm-mm. but uh one of the reviewers at eater which you know we always look at eater as a very reputable like food <laughs> bag um Amy McCarthy said she tasted it and it works this is what she said she said upon taking the first bite I was hooked Half of the pint had disappeared by the time I looked up and I have no regrets. The cheese powder combines with Van Leeuwen's rich base made with milk, cream, and sugar to produce a buttery flavor that's only slightly cheesy. It doesn't exactly evoke a bowl of macaroni and cheese in terms of texture, thankfully, but the flavor is strikingly similar. It's lightly funky and more complex than the classic blue box dinner. It's one of those foods that's so uniquely compelling that you're going to be confused while eating it, but definitely won't want to stop. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, thank you. It's going to be a hard no for me. Um, No, just no. So she is basically saying that they actually used the powder that comes in the Kraft Mac and Cheese, that like fluorescent-y, yellow, orangey, is that what color it is? Can That's you see what it? it? sounds like, yeah. I mean, when I look at the picture, that is absolutely the color it is. <sighs> this is so not a good thing. I mean, I get it, right? So they're coming up with some sort of promo or gimmick because it's going to garner press, which is why they did it. But... Like, Van Leeuwen, you ain't got to do that. Like, you guys are already... It's First of all, it's summer. It's got to be high season for you. Van Leeuwen has been winning in their market, in their space, because they have all those vegan flavors. I'm a ice cream aficionado, and they're not my favorite, I have to say. 
not talking shit. They have good ice cream, but I feel like at some point they realized that their key demographic was a lot of vegans and they really started putting a lot into those vegan flavors. And they have like always a line. They have multiple locations in New York City. So like I'm super down, but this one's just gonna have to be a no for me. I don't want, I'm funny about cheese though. Like I don't like cheese and seafood together. You know, Except like- Except that one time you had it when you did like it. When, when I did I like you. it? There was one time that we, like, I, I had ordered a dish and you weren't convinced that it was good. I can't remember what it was, but it, it was like seafood. It wasn't like a cheesy seafood, but it had cheese in it and you were pleasantly surprised that one time. Ooh, you're going to have to remind me because every time they like to throw in like a shrimp Alfredo or whatever, I'm just funny with cheese mixed with my seafood. And I'll, now you want to throw cheese into my ice cream. Mm-mm. It's going to be a no for me. Um, on top of the food coloring, on top of the, all of the, mm-mm. but good um, for them. The thing I find also ironic is like when I'm looking at the packaging, <laughs> you should pull up the picture. You should just Google it just so you can see <laughs> the packaging. It's like, it has the craft. it has a blue label, just like the Kraft macaroni and cheese. And it says Kraft macaroni and cheese flavored French ice cream. So I guess Van Leeuwen, like all of their ice creams are French, which I don't think I had realized, but I guess it's French ice cream. But I just find it ironic that like the most American thing ever, macaroni and cheese, Mm. has met Mm -mm. French, who like I feel like despise so much of American food Mm. culture into Mm. one container. But here's the thing. Okay, remember when you lived in Atlanta and we went to, I don't remember the name of the ice cream shop. I mean, this was early 2000s. And we had... This, it was a vanilla ice cream that had bits of cheese and pine nuts and honey in it. And mm-hmm. to this day, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was the best ice cream mm-hmm. I have ever, ever had. Mm-hmm. And I've never been able to find that ice cream ever. I don't even know if mm-hmm. it was just something made, but bits of cheese, mm-hmm. if it's like an artisanal, I think, type mm-hmm. of cheese, can be great mm-hmm. in ice cream, right? So here's the thing. I will never forget that ice cream. Yes, it was delicious. And it had the tiny, tiny amounts of like a goat cheese. So now you're talking about like a soft, creamy cheese. So yes, you can do things with like mascarpone, which is technically a cheese, creme fraiche, which is technically a cheese, ricotta, even a little goat cheese. I'm down. Like you can get creative with that. And it was delicious. And it did have the toasted pine nuts and the honey. I do remember the ice cream. I cannot remember the ice cream store. But um, craft macaroni and cheese powder mixed in with like a rich vanilla ice cream. It's still going to be a no for me. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, well, hopefully we are going to like put together uh, the Shade Awards for you very soon. So we'll do that on an upcoming episode. But thank you for joining us. Thank you, Trishel, for joining us. So much fun with you. Um, And, you know, don't forget to follow us, obviously, on IG at The Talk of Shame and at Vanessa Contav. And as always, we will see you next week. See you next week. Moms vs. Aunts is brought to you by Cafe Mom. Our theme music is composed by Coney Island Music. We want to hear from you. To give us your comments, leave us a voicemail at 929-265-0277. And we might include them in the show. You can also reach us by email at momsvaunts at gmail.com. Remember to rate, review, and follow Moms vs. Aunts wherever you get your podcasts. And for more parenting stories, real talk, and entertainment news, go to cafemom.com.